Welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Today is a special podcast in celebration of Black History Month. For the month of February, the Sullivan County Democrat newspaper will be featuring prominent people in our county who are doing great things for recognition in Black History Month. Today's guest is Dr. Sean Walcardi who serves on the Fallsburg Town Board and is also serving on the Fallsburg School Board. Dr. Shaw Wong-Cardi, welcome to the podcast. Now, you're not originally from Sullivan County. Please tell us where you're originally from and how did you make your way to Thank Sullivan you. County? Thank you so much. Um, I uh, I grew up in uh, in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New York, and um, ended up uh, moving to Queens. And then I think... Uh, probably around uh, 2000, uh, my uh, fiance and I, now my wife, uh, we moved to Poughkeepsie just because we couldn't afford housing in the city at the time. And um, when we started looking for uh, housing, we started looking for housing probably in 2000, I want to say 2004, 2005, we were looking for, to buy a home as we moved into an apartment. And uh, we, we lived in Dutchess County, and the prices were just insane. Um, I uh, years ago, I don't know if people remember. I uh, there, there was this little store called Blockbuster Video, and uh, I was the I was the store manager for Blockbuster Video, and um, they had opened up. They're going to open up a new location in Liberty, New York. I've never heard of Liberty, New York. So um, I was part of the crew that built the Liberty, New York store. And um, everyone who uh, worked in Liberty trained in my store. So I trained the entire staff uh, from the Liberty location. So that's when I learned about Sullivan County. And um, when I looked, I'm like, wow, the house prices are drastically different over here. And you can get a decent piece of house and things like that. And, um, you know, my wife and I started looking around and we found a, a wonderful house in Woodridge and, um and we 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 moved in ever since so we've been here uh since 2007 and um you know we we just made this our home this is our community um and it it wasn't an adjustment for us you know a lot of people turned around and said oh you know uh they would talk bad things about Sullivan County but honestly it's been great to us and um, we've had we've had really really great and positive experiences on the most part. Um, when well, our our daughter uh, Jordan, uh, she was she was born uh, premature and she was born um, uh, one pound three ounces, and and just can fit right in the palm of my hand. Her whole hand could fit through my ring finger. And um, we were looking for daycare that can handle that because that was something that was a, um, a really big challenge. And uh, we heard about this place called Nana's House, and we never, we didn't know anything about it. And we went there, and my wife fell in love with it, and they did a fantastic job with, with Jordan. And she just thrived and flourished and, and um, just was able to just really uh, start coming into herself. And um, when our son Avery was born, he was born three pounds, five ounces. And, you know, again, we had the same concerns. He was born premature. Uh, we, were, we of course, went right back to Nana's house, and we were there. 
And um, I, I will say that they did such a wonderful job. Uh, my wife and I said, you know, we've got to be able to give back. You know, it's a nonprofit. What can we do? And we both decided, you know, I'll, I'll join the board of directors and, and see where that goes. Um, and and I joined the board of, of directors, volunteer. I joined the board of directors. And um, I uh, six months later, there there was these conversations that they were in the closed Nana's house. And I said, you can't do that. It's a pillar in the community. And you, 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 what are you doing? You know, people won't have daycare. And, um, and this was probably back 2008, 2009, give or take. And uh, no, two thousand no, two thousand eleven, I think. Yeah, and and um, and I remember at that time the uh, president and the vice president came to me and said, "Well, then you have to run it." And I said, "I I, I don't know what I'm doing. I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to run the thing." And they said, "You'll you'll figure it out. You'll you'll be good." And and then I, I took the reins uh, from from about 2011 and, until uh, ultimately I closed it during the, due to COVID uh, in in 2020. So um, well, technically 2021, but I, I took the reins until then. So uh, for almost a decade, a nonprofit um, head uh, CEO of, of Nana's House um, as a volunteer. And, and just trying to do things to give back to the community. Um, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I met a lot of wonderful people, uh, made a lot of great relationships and a lot of great partnerships. Um, and it, it it really taught me a lot about, like, myself and things I needed to do to kind of um, improve myself, things I needed to do to, to be better, um, a better person, if you will. Um, and and then from there, uh, I, I found out that uh, there was this uh, group called Kiwanis, and uh, they helped they helped a lot of children that were um, uh, on the lower end of socioeconomic scale. And I joined that group and and ended up becoming president of that group for a couple of years. <laughs> Uh, and, and around, <laughs> I see a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, you know, again, I had, I had, I had a, a, a pretty decent uh, run there, and uh, we were able to get the Kiwanis. I got the Kiwanis Club with the help of the wonderful members there uh, to be a distinguished club, which uh, they'd never received that honor, and they've been in existence for almost fifty years, and as a part of that uh, process of driving force of becoming the distinguished club and I became distinguished president. So, uh, um, so there was like, boom, there you go. But it, it, it was all about service and, and what we can do to do better in our community. Um, and with, with Nana's house, uh, we wanted, I wanted to do more than just, you know, we're going to do daycare and that's it. I'm like, you know, we're a nonprofit, let's leverage in the community. And we, we started with, um, uh, Touch of trucks, and we would have the military trucks. We would get all the construction trucks. This is when they were building the casino, and the kids would all come from whether they were a part of the daycare or not. They would all come. We would do it for free. Just come and just you know have a have a um, a good time with the kids. Uh, and and I think it was it was it was great. But um, uh, something I was reminded of. Um, when I and when I was in class, and I'll talk about that in a minute, um, I was reminded that uh, 
it all started because of like uh, people who look at me and say you're a great planner, you're a great event person. But it all started because of what I looked at as a, as a big a big failure for me. Um, I wanted to have a carnival, and I wanted a carnival. I wanted the summer fun carnival. And I wanted to have rides and Ferris wheel and all this stuff, and I wanted it so bad. And I reached out to a um, I reached out to a uh, vendor, and uh, the vendor not local. I reached out to the vendor, and the vendor was like, "Yep, they're on board." And and then every week, well, what'd you sell? What'd you sell? What'd you sell? And I was like, "Well, this area doesn't buy tickets in advance. They buy tickets day up. That's just how it works." And the day before the event, the vendor said, "Well, I'm not coming." And I, at the time, did I wasn't smart enough to to have a contract. I never had a contract. I just took them word of mouth, thinking, okay, we're, you know, we're face value, we're good. Um, but that wasn't the case. And I looked at it as the biggest failure because here I was going to do this big event, and now I couldn't. So I reached out to a lot of local people, and we put together like this sea of bouncy houses. And there were a lot of people that were mad. They were mad because they wanted to do the fair. And I'm like, I can't, you know, this is the best I can do for the kids. That's it. And and so I'll, right. I'll never forget it. And, and so I had to, that was one big lesson I had to learn uh, from that failure. Like, holy cow, you know, um, I, and, and it really forced me to become more of a transactional person where I have to go over details and understand it and line by line, step by step. Um, and, and so that, that was, a and, 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 and in the end, um, I, I expected quite honestly to be thrown out of the board. I really did. And I, I wasted all this money. I was waiting I, and I was like, and there was a group of parents outside of Nana's house and they're like, thank you so much. I thank you. And I'm like, oh, that's great. No problem. But, uh, I gotta go, uh, the board's going to really get in there about this. So I really appreciate the support. And I walk in. Because I was waiting. I was ready. And I was so wrong. I was so wrong. When I walked in, all around the boardroom were pictures and drawings from all the kids thanking me for putting on the event. And listening to the board members share stories about how they were inspired no matter what happened, I was willing to go and do whatever it took to make sure the kids had something and 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 so to sit there and this whole time i'm looking at doom and gloom and i'm looking at okay they're gonna kick me out it was amazing to watch that reaction and to have grown men in almost in tears talking about it so i i realized then that wow you know even what I think and still look at as a huge failure, it was such a lesson learned. It was such an important lesson for me to, to understand that uh, I carry it with me. And, and to this day, uh, I still have all the photos from every single kid uh, from that, and I, and I keep it in a safe spot um, because it means that much to me And, and when I share that. And, and so – uh, it, it forced me to just be better, and I and it's like I just have to be better. So, um, you know, my my career, and that's you know my volunteerism. My my career, I I, I started off in, in retail, and I um, 
got to a point where I was working for um, uh, one of the national home improvement retailers, and I was an HR manager there, and I got to a point where I couldn't go any further without a college education. And I, and I was so upset about it because I I had – Technically, I, I no, there's no technically. I, I dropped out of of high school. I drew myself out of high school. I went to Aviation High School in Long Island City, Queens, and I was supposed to graduate in 1993. And and during that time, um, I I was homeless. And and if it wasn't for my friends and me being able to couch dive and and hanging out with my friends and going to their different houses, I I wouldn't have had a shelter over my head during my senior year. So it was more important for me at that time to make money than it was going to school. And I said, well, I don't need this. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But it wasn't until 2000 where I got a call and I said, look, if you don't have this high school diploma, you can't work. And so I went back uh, to high school and I literally had like an art credit and, and like some paper to hand in and, and I was done and I got my diploma um, pretty quickly. But it, it, um, so that from that time forward, I thought, oh, you don't really need a college education. It's not really important. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Until I got to this ceiling where I couldn't go any further without a college education. And so I went um, online um, and I, I started with the University of Phoenix. And I kind of knew, I knew from the beginning that if I started to go for my education, I wasn't going to stop until I got my doctorate. And and that was just what I wanted. Um, I, I I just wanted to do it. I just wanted it. So I started. I started. Did anyone in your family have a doctorate or nope. went to college? Nope. Nobody in my family. In fact, um, in my family, um, I'm the first one um, on on my mom's side, I believe, to to have um, a college education. Um, you know, so... I, I just knew in myself I wanted to accomplish this. That's just something I, I think if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all the way. And that was just kind of my, my thought process. And um, I started out not knowing what I was going to do. <laughs> so I, I, I did my, um, uh, I got my associates, my bachelor's, um, and my master's from the University of Phoenix. Um, and then I went to North Central University and got my doctorate um, in human resources from North Central University. And that entire process took me 11 years to get to do. Um, and that's while having a family, while balancing being a husband um, and working full time, you know, I would do it all online. Um, and, you know, through all the life's trials and tribulations, death and everything like that, I just never, I never stopped. Um, the, 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 there, there are people that did inspire me along the way. Um, one person in particular, um, a former coworker of mine, really great friend, her name is uh, her name was Jasmine. Um, and I remember it's the first time it was 2013, and I had failed my class. I failed the class for the first time, and I never failed the class up until this point. And this teacher said, "Your writing is not good enough. You're you're just not there. You need to come out of this program, go into a different program. This isn't for you." You'll never be a PhD with this kind of writing. And I actually took a screenshot of that of that uh, email that she sent me, 
And I was complaining to to my friend Jasmine, and and she's you know at the time she was going through stage four pancreatic cancer. And this was July of 2013, and she then says to me, "Hey, listen, just FYI, I'm not going to do any more chemo treatments." Uh, she's like, "It's just too much. I'm not doing it." And that just kind of stopped that conversation. And I'm like, "What the hell am I doing?" Here's someone who just made this incredible decision, and I'm complaining because some teacher says I can't do something. Shut up. And and I immediately shut up and put my nose in the books and never looked back. I got an A in the class when I took the class over again. Unfortunately, Jasmine, she by Thanksgiving that same year, she passed away. Um. And, and I never looked back. And when I wrote my dissertation and I wrote my book, um, I, I mentioned her in my book because uh, that that conversation just resonated with me and just that drive forward. Um, and so... Uh, I'm sure looking back on it now, you have this person who's facing life and death situation and made the decision and... I'm sure looking back at what the professor said to you now may seem trivial, but I'm sure at that time was such a, a impactful thing to say to you and really could could have turned the course of your yeah. life. It, it it really was. It really motivated me to to do this, to finish this, and to just just it it changed my perspective on on life in general. Like. A lot of times I'll say to people, well, that's a first world problem. You know, no, oh, I can't believe this is, no, that's a first world problem. Let's, let's slow down, okay? And, and so just bringing it back to center and putting things back in perspective. And I think that not only helped me with school, but it helped me with how I look at life was, I, I know tomorrow's not promised to anyone, and a lot of people say that, but also the perspective of, you know, there are other people that are facing much harder decisions than you. Like, figure it out. So um, I and, and I worked for a local um, nonprofit um, as director of human resources for almost ten years, and um, was able to really make a lot of relationships and connections uh, from there. And and really. I, I think at the end I got my I got my doctorate in 2018, and a, a year later, being presented with an opportunity to be a professor for human resources and to work from home. Um, it's it's one of those things that is like wow okay like this would be new right let's go ahead and do it and um. And so I, I, I did, and I've been, I've been teaching at Western Governors University ever since, um, and I'm absolutely enjoying it, and I get to have a great time holding lectures and things like that and teaching people about the principles of human resources. And, and that couldn't have happened without a doctorate because they don't hire people unless you have a doctorate. So it all just came full circle. It's just, and I didn't go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to be a teacher full-time. I never, you know, a professor at college would never thought that, but here I am, and and wow, you know. But I will say I, I do firmly believe everything is connected. Because of the work I did with Kiwanis, or, um, uh, I was asked to be on the school board for Fallsburg Central School District, 
and I was asked to run for office, and I ended up running for office, and I won. And, and now I'm in my second term of Fallsburg uh, Central School District and representing um, the people of Fallsburg and to, to the senior leadership and, and just trying to you know, provide uh, guidance and help and aid wherever I can. Um, and I'm absolutely enjoying it. Now, listening to your story, the first thing that just popped into my mind just now is, do you ever look back and think about what happens if I quit? What happens if I didn't pursue it? Where would, I, where would my life be right now? Do you think about that? I do. I do. And, 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 I, and I don't think about where, what, what, what would have been. Like, it, it's possible. Like, I have no clue where I would be at this point. I have no clue. But I am, like, grateful that, that I, I didn't give up. And, and, and when she said that, and the, I remember I took a picture of it, and I used that as fuel. And one thing that my mom always would say to me, the best success, you know, the best kind of revenge is success. And, and, and having that wild success and being in this role, if I listened to that person, I would never be where I am today. If I listened to the naysayer, I would have just, okay, and that would have been, I would have stopped. I am so thankful for, for people. And, and it's not like, oh, Sean had this drive. It was, you know, Jasmine kicked something in my head that was, whoa. And I'm like, okay, let's move forward. So it is also being surrounded by people who are willing to be honest with you, who are willing to be open with you, even and I'm not saying to hurt you maliciously, but even if you don't want to hear the truth, sometimes you need to hear that raw truth. And it's, and that's important. And I couldn't have done this by myself. I couldn't have done this alone. I couldn't have done it without the support of my wife, Allison, and, and my kids and, and, and my friends like Jasmine and my friend John and uh, Aaron, Willie, Mike. Uh, I couldn't have done it with any of you. Know, I couldn't have gotten here uh, uh, without my mom. You know, I couldn't have gotten here. Uh, without the support of of the family and and friends and friends that we call family, you know? so and and so it when they say it takes a village, it takes a village for everyone. You know, it, there's not it's not a solo act. That's how I look at it. And so now you know I'm on the school board and I'm I'm having a good time being on the school board and everything's going great. And um, and again, I think all these things are connected because me doing the work that I did and doing the work that I did in um, uh, uh, Nana's house in Kiwanis, it really boils down um, to, it really boils down to people source something and they say, well, Hey, why don't you run for town council? And I said, oh, nobody will ever vote for me. Like, no, but they don't know who I am. And they're like, and people, you're more, People know who you are more than what you think. I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. And I actually was like, no, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to run for town council. Uh, I wanted to be judge. I wanted to be town judge, to be honest with you. And um, I, I interviewed for the job of judge, because at that point the judge seat was vacant and they were making an appointment. I interviewed for the job, didn't get it. And so um, and it's funny because Kathy Rappaport, came to me and said, you really need to run for town council. If you do it, I'll be your campaign manager. And I said, okay, I'll do it. 
And and so it was like about a week or two, and I'm like, all right, let me get this stuff together or whatever. And then she gives me a call, and she's like, so what do you think about me being supervisor? You know, do you think I should do it? And I'm like, let's go. And so, uh, and then we did it. And she goes, okay, if I do this, we win your deputy supervisor. And I was like, would we be making history? And she's like, yeah, we would. First female Hispanic first African-American uh, deputy supervisor. I said, all right, let's roll. And and we did. And, and, we, and um, uh, no one thought we were going to win. And th- the truth is, we never thought about, we never thought we were going to win, but we never thought we were going to lose. We never looked at losing. We never even talked about it. We just talked about we're going to spread a positive message in the community, and this is about building community building. And and so all those things came to to bear, and and then and then we won. And and now she's a supervisor, and I'm the deputy supervisor, and we're I don't know under forty days in office, and it's it's an amazing responsibility. Um, but it feels amazing too that you can try to make a difference and and that you can make a phone call and say to someone, this is who I am. This is what's going on. This is what we need. And it gets done. And, and that's the power of, of working for the people. And, 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 and it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And, and I know I'm blessed and I, and I, I absolutely feel, um, that that we're here for a greater purpose than just the transactional stuff. We're here to help people. We're here to change lives and, and for the better and, and to make that lift a little easier um, and and to get a better understanding. And look, we don't have all the answers. I don't claim to have all the answers. But for me, I, I look at myself as a voice. And if if somebody comes to me with a situation, I want to listen to it, hear it, dissect it, whether I'm on the school board or the town board, or even just hanging out, whatever. I, I want to be that voice, and and I think that's the greatest thing that you can do. And so when I when I think about Black History Month, I I have always thought of Black History Month as the time to inspire. Uh, the time to inspire people, children, um, to to look around and 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 see what can I do, how can I do, and 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 to be not the greatest, but just better than what we were, and and to work towards a better thing, and and to get enough people around that whole idea. You know, I I my my biggest, and I wouldn't say issue. I think the word I'm going to use is my thought has always been everybody when it's Black History Month is okay. Black History Month, we learn about these leaders, and, and you bring out the same leaders, and you talk about Martin Luther King, you talk about you know, and look, what they have tremendous accomplishments. But how do you connect that with our our area? How do you connect that with our kids? How do you connect that with our parents? How do you connect that with our people? Not and when I say our people, I mean everybody. Like with Fallsburg, right? How do you connect that? And and so for me, I'm like, 
there's people in our community that we should be talking about in a positive way. And I want to do the same thing when it comes to Hispanic Heritage Month. There are people in our community that we should be talking about in a positive way. And that we should do that because it will inspire someone to do something. And if you inspire one person, you won. And and so I look at these times, a lot of people are divisive over it, like, oh, what about this? What about this? No, I look at it as a time to inspire. And if we can inspire someone for greatness or to be greater than what we they were, then, man, we did our job. And and so Black History Month to me has always been about, like, let's learn about what happened, yeah. But, you know, we know about these things. But what do we do as the move forward? And And so, like, if we teach about, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, but when we talk about, you know, slavery, or we talk about, you know, what happened with, with um, uh, um, uh, moving people beyond that. Okay, we, we know this happened, like it happened, right? But how does someone connect with that? It's a difficult lift, but it's a much easier lift if I'm, if I'm talking about, let's say, Simi Williams, first African-American Chief of Police Fallsburg. How did he get there? How did that happen? You know, if I'm if I'm talking about um, uh, Horace McKinney, first African American on the school on Fallsburg School Board, how did that happen? How? And these are the things that that I look at and go, okay, we can have those conversations. Um, and 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 so I think that's where our greatness is and we don't necessarily see it. And when I and again, when I talk about our greatness, I'm talking about Fallsburg as a whole. We're a diverse community with lots of different representation. And and I think we need to look at our own we need to look in the mirror and go, hey, we got something to talk about, right? Um and we we oftentimes don't. And we oftentimes don't. Yeah. Um you know, so so that's something we're trying to do here with this podcast and this series of articles that we're doing for the Democrat is sort of highlighting folks in our county for Black History Month that we know. People like like Al Damas, who you just mentioned, uh, he was the podcast before this one. And next week is coming out the podcast with uh, Fallsburg Chief of Police, uh, Simi Williams. So we are trying to do that. Yes. I know Al Damas. You know, him and I are on the Human Rights Commission together. <laughs> I forgot to mention I'm on the human. I forgot I'm on the Human Rights Commission, but the, right there, it, and, and I love that the, that the, the, uh, the Democrat were doing this, and and I think this is important because um, it, it gets it out there. It gets it not only gets it out there, people say, oh okay, okay, and and that's how you build a sense of community. That's how you build a sense of pride in my community. Like okay, wow, these are these are leaders. Okay. Uh, let's go for you know like Dr. Alita Lyman. You know she's she was a Monticello council person, and here she is running uh, my brother's keeper in Fallsburg. Yeah, a great accomplishments that are right here, right here, and and so I've always looked at Black History Month as this is the moment of inspiration, and what better inspiration than looking in your own backyard. Uh, you can't tell a better story than that. 
And, and my guess is, and, and not even hearing all the stories, not everybody handed, had it handed to them on the silver platter. That's my guess. You know, when I think about um, Hispanic Heritage Month, like I look, I look at you, and I think, I think to myself, here's a news reporter of Hispanic heritage, and you don't see that. How did you get there? What's your story? Right, that's where I go. What, what's your story? Like, how did you get here? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and you're a reporter that people trust implicitly. And you're in, in, and how, and what does that look like? How does that, and how many people can you inspire? You know, and a lot of people, if they look at your name, they may not figure it out. But hearing that story from you is huge. Yeah, and you're you're meeting somebody, or you're hearing a story that from a person you might not know of personally, but you know in the area. You might see them in the store, or you know them. You see them in the newspaper every once in a while, or something. But now you're hearing the story, you're hearing where they came from, how they made it, and there is something there I'm sure that you could relate to because they're your friends and neighbors. You know these people. You can go up to them later on and say, hey, I heard you. I heard your podcast and I heard I read your article and I loved it and, and I didn't know this about you and X, Y about you. And you draw inspiration from that. And then once you make that relation, like, wow, that's me. Wow, I thought the same thing. Wow, I went through that. Or I want to learn more, whatever it is. And then that just inspires people. So believe it or not, what you guys are doing is a community service. It's a community service. Because it, it will inspire and touch upon someone. And, and so that's how I've always looked at Black History Month. Um, and, and are we celebrating Blacks, African Americans, yeah, but it's more about the inspiration of others to say you can be here too, despite all the stuff that you have going on. And I grew up poor. I grew up being evicted from houses and different things like that. And and it's like it was not easy to be here. (laughs) It was not fun going through it. Um, but and if I had to do it all over again, I absolutely would. I absolutely would. And I'm, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but from what I gather from your story is that all these things that happened to you, the, being homeless, being homeless as a as a teenager, going through all the struggles of going back to school, everything, all these things that happened in your life sort of molded you to the person who you are today. Am I correct on this? No, no, no. It's no. It's it's really true because, and to be honest with you, um, I'll even go a step further. Like, I, I, in my mind, I have the ability to step back and look at my life and and look at the impacts on my life and the decisions that are made and the things that I fight for and the things that I go on about, um, and and the things that I'm passionate about. Um, it, it is a product of 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 my journey, and it's a product of of my struggle and and the times that I needed someone to advocate for me and there was no advocate for me and there was nobody that, that, that would stand up and 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 so I I look at myself as, as standing up for people that don't have that voice standing up for people wherever they are 
that need a voice, that need that, okay, let's shine this light on this. Let's let's get something done. And willing to put in the work, not just the lip service to getting it done. Yeah, it did. I, and I, I, if I didn't make that decision with education, I, there's no way I could have done this or do what I'm doing now with a standard job where I'm going to have to go to work and clock. You know, there's no way I could do all this stuff. There's no way. Um, and and so um, I am I am grateful. I am thankful. Um, I have a group of people around me that keep me sounded and grounded all the time. They pick on me. They make fun of me all the time. And and I will tell you, um, the the best kind for me anyway, the best kind of relationships that I can have with my friends and my family are the ones that make fun of you and are willing to make fun of you uh, and, and pick on you. Um, especially when you're when you're not doing something that you should be doing or you need to look at something in a different way that they're not afraid to, to have that conversation with you. Um, and and it's, it's hard to have that conversation with somebody when they're doing something and you're like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Um, and and I'm, I'm blessed enough to be surrounded by a lot of people that are willing to have those honest conversations with me and call me out. Uh, if if I'm needed to be called out on, and and I think that again, it's not a one person show. I've never looked at it that that way. It's always that collection, that collection of of people that that are real and that can keep you focused and keep your eyes on the prize and let you know what's going on. And 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 um, and I I couldn't what what people may see here isn't isn't based on on just me it, it's based on the me it's based on other people it's based on a lot of other things and it's like there's so many people to name um the list just goes on and on but there's that core group uh of course you know my wife my children um uh, my mother uh my 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 village um which uh that's my tight group of uh neighbors that we're always together and we vacation uh, the the village um you know so it it's 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 that that close knit group of people that uh you can trust with anything and say anything and they're willing to call you out or hold or or hold you up, you know, and, and my family, my cousin Rachel, um and, and her kids, uh Amani and Ariana and uh, it's just it's just great. And then looking at my nieces and, and nephews and my nieces look you know, look to me in pride and stuff like that. And I my niece Maribel the other day corrected her mom, said, No, 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 it's Doctor Sean. It's Doctor Sean, do not mess it up and I just kinda cracked up, you know. And it just made me smile. But there, yeah, and that, that's to me that's a perfect example of inspiration. You're inspiring people in your family already. They're already in their mind that hey, Doctor Sean, uh, this person did it. I know this person. They're able to do, get their doctorate. I can also. And already, right there, it's an example of you setting an example and inspiring a totally new generation. And who knows what opportunity they will have, and who who would they will inspire to be great next time. Thank you so much, Rashisha. I really appreciate it. I'm really glad and thankful 
that that the the paper is doing. I think the Democrats doing a fantastic job. So thank you, and I can't wait to see uh, what your story is going to be when it's uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. <laughs> well, I have to stop being reported then, and then I can sort of tell my full story. But uh, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Sean McCarty, for telling us your story and your journey for Black History Month, and it's really a truly inspiring story. So I thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I figured I would put that plug in there, you know, put the bug in somebody's ear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this special podcast episode from the Sullivan County Democrat. This podcast is brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon. My name is Patricia Robayo for the Sullivan County Democrat. Stay safe, everyone.